Turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. A story about Harry by Anonymous. Contacts. I'm a sophomore in college, now 14th grade basically, so this happened quite a while ago. This happened when I was 8th, 9th grade, and 11th grade. I was scrolling through TikTok and saw an image of Lapis from Steven Universe, which reminded me of my friend I knew from 8th grade who used to have Lapis as her PFP on Instagram. In 8th and 9th grade, she, I'll call her Isra, was friends with this person named Harry, who she met online. Harry was from Wales, had blonde hair, brown eyes, was gay and trans female to male, important later. And the specific picture I'm thinking of made it look like Harry was inside of a TV. Isra used to post all the time about Harry. They were best friends. She even posted DMs of him and pics of him calling him little friend nicknames like BB or B. About one year later, Isra posted DMs of her and Harry fighting. They had this huge falling out, details are fuzzy now, and blocked each other on everything if I remember correctly. Fast forward to 11th grade year, I'm at a restaurant with my friend, who is gay and now identifies as female to male. I'll refer to them as Ken. And they brought up that they had just recently met this person from Wales. Ken and Harry bonded over things like music and both being trans and gay. I was like, oh, that's cool. Really random, but is this person named Harry? Ken looked shocked and asked me how I knew this person's name when they had just met. To confirm it was actually Harry, I described what he looked like and pointed out some identifying features such as being trans. Ken became more shocked and showed me a picture just to confirm we were talking about the same person, and sure enough, we were. I asked Ken if they were comfortable messaging Isra about it, and they said yes. I messaged Isra asking what happened between them and Harry, so I could warn my friend as a just-in-case thing. Isra said she had no clue who Harry was. I went back on her profile and couldn't find any proof of Harry ever existing, and she denied even knowing someone who I thought was her best friend, which seemed like something someone would be very unlikely to forget. Assuming Isra isn't somehow just repressing her really bad memories and not knowing it, I have no clue how I knew who Harry was. Some of Isra's friends used to comment on Harry's Instagram, and I couldn't find proof of that either. I can't find proof of Harry ever existing online at this point in time, and it makes me feel like a crazy person. I messaged Ken to ask if he remembered Harry or still in contact with him. No response yet. I'll add this post with an update if there is one. Update from Ken, December 31st evening. They turned into a tariff woman and told me to fuck off forever. Ken told me Harry's Instagram profile, and it still exists. I will not disclose the user due to privacy reasons. Unfortunately, it's a private account, and I don't want a request for worry Harry knowing I was talking about them. Ken also video chat Harry and talk to Harry every day, so this almost completely rules out the someone else is pretending to be Harry. Also got a physical handwritten letter from Harry. 
Update a few hours later. I have personally messaged Harry if he knows Isra, as some of you have mentioned, waiting for a response. Ken said they met Harry through a comment section of a music artist they both like. And that's the last update that they have. Are you sure the sheep wandered here? I asked my brother as I examined the empty field. Yeah, calmly replied Kane. Just keep looking. Is that your mom? By Appropriate Truck 27. I'm not sure if this is a glitch, but if someone could maybe help me understand, I would appreciate it. My friend was coming to pick me up, and we were going to take a long drive to see another friend. I had asked my parents to watch my son. While I was getting ready, I had this unsettling feeling that if I went, I was not going to see my son again, that something bad was going to happen to me. I kind of just brushed it off. My friend called me and told me she was almost to my house. I hung up and something yelled at me loudly, Do not take that long drive. It literally freaked me out. I never felt anything like that before. So now I'm getting into my friend's car and I think, how am I going to tell her we can't go? Well, as soon as I get in, she starts to tell me, I don't think we should go. Something was telling me that if we go, something bad will happen to us. I told her I was going to tell her the same thing and told her what was happening to me while I was getting ready. So we just end up going to the Winn-Dixie. It's a store about three minutes away from my house. She had some groceries she needed to get, and we just got something to eat from a diner before she brought me back home. Now it's dark outside, and we pull up to my house. As I'm about to get out, a car pulls up in front of us. I just thought it was someone going to my neighbor's house. As I'm walking to my door, my friend calls me and asks me if that's your mom in the car. They keep trying to pull up like they want to get into your driveway. I had knocked on my door waiting for someone to open it, but I went to look in that car and I was like, that is my mom. I could see in the car because the middle light was on in that car. I told my friend the way she was moving is weird, that something was off. The way she was moving was different and then I was like, but that's not our car. Whose car is she in? Then as I was looking at my mom in the car, my mom opens the front door for me to come inside. I tell my friend, wait, that's not my mom. My mom just opened the door. At this time, I don't know what to think. I go inside the house, my friend leaves. Now I go back to look at the car outside. I see a car turn into my neighbor's driveway and back out and leave but I'm not sure if it was the car my mom was in or someone else, so I don't know for sure where the car went after. I came inside because I was just so confused on what had just happened. Also, I shared the first part of this story to show how the night started out a bit weird. Let me know what you think. I showed my new girlfriend my collection of vintage milk cartons, the final edition boasting her school picture. 
I've spent weeks explaining to her that it's safer than keeping trophies. But all she does is scream and cry instead of being flattered. Keys went through a bag. By Anonymous. Hey y'all, debating on posting this because I honestly don't even know if this is a glitch in the Matrix kind of story. But it's something that, till this day, I have no explanation for. So here goes. I'll have on screen for you guys a reference for the keychain. It's not the same one, of course, but something similar to this. So every morning, my mother would walk me and my sister to school. It took about 18 minutes to walk. During our walk, our aunt and cousins would usually accompany us since we all attended the same school. It was in the early 2000s. So during this time, my mother was babysitting a relative's baby, and she would have a stroller. My mother also had a habit of recycling plastic bags, the ones you would usually get from a store. And that morning, she had a plastic bag with a few random things in it, including her keys. Her keys were very distinct and kind of heavy, as it had collected a few keychains over the years. One of them being a square keychain that acted like a small picture frame. I distinctly remember almost approaching the school when my aunt told my mom, Watch out, your keys are falling out of your bag. Now the bag was attached to the handle of the stroller easily visible. My mother paused and grabbed the bag and saw that specific frame hanging out from the bottom of the bag. At first we thought the keys had tore the bag up, but upon further inspection, realized the rest of her keys were sitting inside the bag while the one keychain was going through the bag, at the bottom of the bag, making the smallest hole enough for the chain part to fit. At this point, we were running late to school because we were literally in the middle of the sidewalk trying to figure out how the keychain went through the bag without tearing it. We looked at the side of the bag to see if maybe it had made a slash through it, but nothing. The bag was completely intact, and... The only tear it had was that tiny hole, only enough for the chain part to pass through. Again, the hole was only enough for that chain part to pass through, not the whole square keychain. Hoping this makes sense. It honestly spooked us. My mother kept it like that for a few days. She showed a few friends and family members, and no one was able to figure out how this was possible. Now, I've always been very skeptical of many things, and I've always been that person to have a scientific or rational explanation to things. But this has always stuck with me, and I honestly don't have one. Mother always swore she would never have another child when I was born so sickly. It wasn't until she had my healthy baby brother that I saw her smile for the first time as she kissed my forehead and said, Now we can fix you, my sweet boy. Drowning in 1973 by SadSnail97 It was 1973 and I was with my family at the Jersey Shore for summer vacation. I was 10 years old. 
One night, around 5 p.m., my parents went to the surf club, a bar on the dock next door to the beach. And I was left to find something to do. I went onto the beach, and I remember vividly how strange it was that there was no other people around. It wasn't dark yet, and people were partying nearby on the boardwalk, but no one was on the beach. I decided to go into the water and got sucked out very fast by a rip current. I remember the feeling that this was it for me. I was going to die. Struggling and fighting and no one was around to help. And then, after some time, just like that, a wave carried me back to the shore. I got up and went to find my parents. I never even told them what had happened as I wasn't supposed to be swimming alone in the first place. I always had a weird feeling about that night and I couldn't quite shake or understand. Now here's where I get even more confused. At 20 years old, I was driving home one night and saw someone on their bike. I saw my car hitting them in my mind and somehow avoided them and the bike rider didn't even notice. I was so freaked out because I really thought I almost killed someone. Since that night, I have constantly had this experience. I'll be driving, I'll pass someone walking or riding a bike, I'll see their accident in mind and feel my car so close, almost impossible that I won't hit them, but then nothing. And the first thought that comes into my mind after this happened is drowning that night. I thought about it for years, if they're connected, what it could mean, if maybe this happened for a reason, could this somehow be connected? I would love to hear any thoughts on this. It's the first time I've ever shared this with anyone. I haven't said it out loud and have even been too afraid to think about it because it seems so crazy. Last side note, my parents bought the house I grew up in the year I was born, 1963. It was rumored that it was haunted. Throughout my life, my entire family has experienced enough to be true believers my house did have spirits in it, and I always wondered if that's connected too. My daughter showed me this Reddit without knowing my story and has brought me so much more comfort to know other people have these weird feelings slash experience, so she urged me to share mine. My little sister found a tiny kitten near a nuclear power plant earlier, and being the animal lover she is, she brought it home. As my drunk dad storms into my room preparing to beat her for bringing the cat into the house, he realizes the cat is gone, but outside there is a beautiful, colossal, cat-like being prepared to melt off his flesh for trying to hurt its new owner. A Storm Messed With Me by Anonymous So I leave for work at 7am on my motorbike and get to the site at 745. It's 32 miles, so I average 48 miles per hour. That's about right, considering it's a mix of 30 miles per hour and 70 mile per hour roads. If I absolutely hone it, I can get it down to 35 to 40 minutes. 
So I left at 7 a.m. in pretty horrific conditions, cold, fog, rain, and arrived at 7.23 a.m. That would give me an average speed of 93 miles per hour. Now, I don't consciously remember speeding. Most of the time, I was under the speed limit in the fog. I didn't keep much of an eye on the time passing on my dash because I was focused on the ride. And when I get into work super late early, I check my ring doorbell camera and I left at 7am, which is what I remembered my dash saying when I left. How? The baby monitor crackled as the newborn finally stopped crying. Let the firefighters do their job, there's nothing you can do, the officer said. Commentary or Knew My Name by BigTier90 Never thought I would share this, but about 10 years ago, I went to a local minor league baseball game when I was just about 16. I still go to these games to this day, but something pretty weird happened with this game. I was at the pool pavilion for this game, and I had spent a good amount of time in said pool. It was a bit later in the game, and there was hardly anyone else in the pool by that point. The home team hit a home run over the pool, and I believed it bounced off the roof. I didn't catch that ball or anything. I was excited to think I would probably show up in the highlight reels online. So here's the weird part. I get back home and grab my laptop and search for recent highlight videos from the team website. And as I watch the highlights from that day, lo and behold, I did show up in the video as it showed the home run going over the pool pavilion. What struck me was when that commentary randomly exclaimed my name. At first, I was like, okay, well, it must be a coincidence. Surely the name of the batter who just hit that home run had the same name. Nope. His name was not even close to it. Not anything that sounded even remotely similar. In fact, no one on the team had the same name as me. I replayed it five more times to make sure I wasn't crazy, and he randomly exclaimed my name when I show up in the video by myself in the pool. I couldn't think of any other reason why in the world he'd be saying that. We don't know anyone who works with the team or know the commentaries that were at that game. So I decided to show my parents. I didn't tell them about the part because I wanted to see the reaction. So I go out into the kitchen and tell them about how I appeared in the highlights. So we sat at the table and watched it. As soon as that part of the video played and the commentary roundly exclaimed my name when I appeared, I noticed my parents look at each other confused like, what did he just say? They never said anything, but were a lot quieter now, and I could tell they were just as dumbfounded as I was. Still have no clue what that was all about. Edit, to clear up some confusion, my name is Ryan. I felt a little iffy on sharing, but for a story like this, it kind of needs to be included. Pick a number between one and nine, my captor smiled. The last time we played this game, I chose seven and he cut off my left index finger. 
Driving Teleportation by Anonymous I joined Reddit in this sub a while ago because I think about my glitch experience at least weekly. I finally have enough karma to post it. Please let me know what you think because it will drive me crazy to my grave not understanding this. This was in 2016 or 2017. My friend and I were driving through a quiet, small neighborhood. It was a rainy day, middle of the day, and we were stone-cold sober. I feel like I need to say that to feel validated. We passed the street, and I mentioned something about our friend Ashley recently moving to a house on that street. The next thing we know, we were stopped at a stop sign and a T in the road. An older model, olive greenish convertible was turning off of the cross street and onto the street we were stopped at. The guy driving it had to jerk his wheel super hard to avoid hitting us as he made the turn. It was like he didn't see us until he was halfway into the turn. I looked over my friend and she was already looking at me. I looked back outside and did not recognize a damn thing. It was now a sunny day, and our entire surroundings were completely unfamiliar. My friend was like, Han, I'm scared. Where are we? And I kept asking her the same thing. I asked if she saw the car almost hit us, and she had, but neither of us knew where we were or what was happening. Suddenly, everything became familiar again. It was like our entire surroundings morphed into a recognizable intersection. And I was like, oh my god, we are right near the bar. A bar we knew. The weather was rainy again. We knew the exact intersection we were stopped at. I asked my friend what she remembered last before we got to the stop sign. And since she remembered me talking about the last street... That was the last thing I remembered, too, so we drove back to the street, and it was three blocks down the road. My friend hates being reminded of this day because it still scares the shit out of her, and it haunts me because I'm so fascinated by that experience. But I also just want to know what the fuck happened to my damn mind-slash-body-slash-existence in those moments. The only thing I wish is that we knew what time it was and how long it lasted. It felt like it was slow and fast at the same time. I don't know, man. Weird-ass shit that I'll probably die trying to understand. And this is why I have FOMO about dying. Tonight at dinner, while I kept sobbing, Dad kept saying, You're not allowed to get up without eating your vegetables. Is it really my fault that our second child also has brain damage from birth? Can anyone explain what happened here? By weekly contact 6407. So last night, New Year's Eve, my family had a party in my grandparents' house and we all went up there around 7pm. I had been working between 8 and 5, so I was already exhausted and left early at 9.25. I know I got home at 9.28 as I FaceTimed my boyfriend as I unlocked the door to my house. 
I then walked in, put my dogs outside, went upstairs to change into my PJs, and then went back downstairs to let my dogs in because there was fireworks going off. I had a picture I took at 10.09pm of me laying on the sofa with one of my dogs, another one taken at 10.21pm of the same dog sleeping on me. My brother and dad were both apparently home between 10 and 10.40. Edit, they came home at 10 and left at 10.40 to go back to the party. Sorry, I'm bad at English. However, they both said they never saw me in the house. They had even come into the sitting room to check on the dogs because of the fireworks going off. They even looked for me because they wanted to know where to put something, but they couldn't find me anywhere in the house. I never saw or heard them either. According to my boyfriend, I fell asleep around 10.30 and fell asleep on the sofa. My boyfriend also never heard or seen them. Normally, the phone picks up people coming into the house from my bedroom, which he thinks is so weird he didn't hear them. I then remember my dad waking me up at 10.20 and telling me to go to bed because I'd fallen asleep on the sofa, and then I texted my friend Happy New Year at 12.37 and went up to bed. At this point, my boyfriend woke up. He apparently fell asleep around 12 and said Happy New Year. I texted him back saying Happy New Year. I don't know why I texted him instead of saying it, but yeah. Then he accidentally hung up, so I rang him back as I got into bed at 12.43. However, according to my dad, he didn't get home until 1am, and my brother got home at 12.50, and neither of them woke me up. I wasn't drinking, and my dad hadn't been drinking either, so we can't blame this on alcohol. It's also really not like them to team up to mess with me, and also the fact that my boyfriend never heard or seen them really confuses me. Normally, when I'm on FaceTime to my boyfriend, my dad steals my phone and sits talking to him for like 30 minutes, so it's very unlikely my dad would have ignored him. Sorry this is so long, I'm just so confused as to what happened. I can't think of a reasonable explanation for any of this. Also, if this isn't the place for this, let me know. I have a screenshot of when I called him and took a picture, but I don't think I can send them here. I might have added too much detail, but it's just so that you can see and maybe piece together something me and my family can't. The surgeon said the operation was a complete success. We saved as much of your leg as possible. It might be the anesthetic still in my system. But I'm pretty sure I came in here for a broken arm. A Glitch at the Museum by K. Dingolo 811 It was the spring of 1999 in New York City. I was spending the morning with my infant and toddler son at the Museum of Natural History. We were in the lobby, I had the baby and an infant carrier on my chest, my two-and-a-half-year-old was in the front seat of the double stroller. It was a well-made stroller, but the design was terrible. They don't even make strollers like this now. It was pretty much two full-size strollers, one in front of the other. It was too long and narrow, unwieldy, and hard to manage. I was helping my son get out of the front seat. He was a well-coordinated, agile kid, so our move was I'd put on all the brakes 
and then I'd hold his hand as he stood on the stroller bar and jumped to the ground. Easy peasy. We had been doing it for two months. Except this time it went wrong. I was holding his hand with one hand. I had the other arm around the baby on my chest. As he jumped, something went wrong with the brakes and the stroller swung out from under him mid-jump. His feet flipped up in the air and he was falling to the ground head first. I wasn't able to get my other hand free in time to catch him. It was paralyzingly terrifying. Everything was in slow motion and it seemed like it got dark and all sound stopped. I watched him heading head first to the solid stone floor of the lobby of the museum. There was no way to stop it. And then, all at once, the sound came back, and there he was, standing in front of me, safe and sound, feet on the ground. What the fuck? I was so stunned and shaken, and it felt like I was going to cry. As I hugged him and held him close, I was looking around to see if anyone else had noticed anything strange, but everyone was just doing their thing. I guess I must have looked startled because he said, What, mommy? I was so wigged out, I just could not talk about it. He is 27 now and doesn't remember any of it, but I really wish I had asked him what he had experienced. He was verbally precocious and had quite a lot to say at that age. I wonder what his answer would have been. I didn't believe in glitches before that. No possible way that could have happened without a full-on 100% glitch. People declared it a Christmas miracle when the festive colored liquid coming out of our taps tasted like candy canes, gingerbread, and joy. Investigating the incident, authorities found floating in the town's water supply the headless corpse of an unidentified male dressed in a Santa suit whose bloated body quivered like a bowl full of jelly. And with that, our time together is coming to an end. As always, I'd like to thank the writers who let me read their stories this evening. I do hope you guys enjoyed this variety of different kinds of glitch stories. Forgetting people, teleported to places you shouldn't be, literally being dragged out into the middle of the ocean and then dragged back in. I find Glitch of the Matrix stories absolutely fascinating. Sometimes the Glitch of the Matrix stories really feel like paranormal, like the drowning one. It almost felt like something else brought them back in to save their life. And then everything else that happened to that poor man afterwards, I don't have an explanation for. But that's not my job. My job is to tell you the stories, not explain the stories. If you want that, you need to find someone else. Because I just like telling you the stories. I enjoy the ride. Sometimes I do pick them apart because they get my interest up, but the journey is just as fun for me. If you're on YouTube or another platform that allows it, please hit that like button and make sure it feels it. If you're new, please subscribe and turn that pretty little bell to all notifications. If you're on the podcast and you're on a platform that allows it, please leave a review. And if you're on Spotify, well, I got some bonus questions you can answer if you like. 
but please share this other channel or podcast with anyone who might like it. It really helps the channel and podcast grow. If you'd like to help in other ways, I do have Patreon and memberships where you get early access to the audio. If you'd like to do a one-time donation, I do have Buy Me a Coffee and PayPal as well. But as always, guys, thank you for watching and listening. It always has and always will mean the world to me. Sleep tight and don't let 42 bite.